Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Paul John. So, Lawrence, it's nice to be back on with you on a Tuesday. Um, thanks for having me back. I look forward to chatting to you about all things Celtic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm just having a high after. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The weekend, but, but yeah, you know, what, all, to, to out, you know what performance to to see a sign off with. Too true. I mean, well, we've got plenty to discuss today. Um, we'll be talking about the weekend. I'll chat to you both about that. 
um, because can we really talk about it enough? Um, it was it was a great weekend. It was a great day. Um, and we'll also be talking about what our, our header says there, which is the potential overhaul of players as Ange looks to get ready for European football. We'll be looking at the outgoings, the incomings. And as you'll probably be aware, the season is over. But here at Axon, we also never stop. And we're committed to delivering our 12.30 bulletin every day throughout the close season. Um, and one thing that we will be doing throughout this this period of no football being played is looking back at the last 30 years in Europe, season by season. Yesterday, um, if you caught, caught the Monday show, you'd have had Paul, John, Declan and Colin looking at the 95-96 campaign. And today we have the 2010-11 the campaign. So we'll be coming on to talk about that a bit later. As ever, please get involved in the comments and we'll try and get through as many of them as we can. But firstly, let's bring it back to the here and now. I want to talk to you guys about your weekends. I want to hear what you got up to. Um, Patrick, how was your day? How much did you enjoy Trophy Day? Uh, Amazing. It was fantastic. You know, the first one for three years, uh, obviously in 2020, with the lockdowns, we couldn't celebrate. We didn't win the title last year and we're still in lockdown as well. So, it was an amazing day, you know. It's it, it felt um, like it felt overwhelming actually. The joy and the the relief and the the, the happiness because it, it's been so long, but it's it's also been you know it's felt like such an important season. Every game felt important. Every game felt like a must win. So just to just to be able to celebrate at the, at the very end of it, always fantastic. And uh, I need to give a shout out to the guy who I got a photo with in the Merchant City who recognised me from Axon's Tuesday Club, so shout out to that guy. But no, a fantastic game uh, and a fantastic day. To sign it off with such a big win was was phenomenal. Yeah, I think, you know, it's nice, isn't it, when um, when people come, come up to you and, and let you know that they appreciate what you're doing on the show and they appreciate Axon and things like that. Um, it, it is nice. And um, some people might have seen that I was on the, the Celtic Way before the game. We were talking to some fans. We were getting predictions. We were asking them how they were feeling about the day. And it's just really nice to interact with people like that. So um, if you do ever see any of us, please, if it's nice, come up and talk to us because um, I promise we're all as friendly as we appear on the show. Um, and if anyone hasn't seen the, the blog that I was part of um, pre-match on Saturday, check out the, the Juddy Talks YouTube channel. There's a great blog up there about the day. Um, go and have a look at it. Lawrence, did you manage to make your way to the Merchant City? Where did you watch the game? And how did you celebrate a, another trophy day at Paradise, another trophy lift? And not just the fact that we lifted the trophy on the day, but like you touched on at the top of the show, the level of the performance as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as you know, I can say walking distance, so stroll over to Paradise, uh, met Paul John's dad, uh, a good chat with him about the game, met Andy Raff, uh, Jamie Paul's brother, me, Leo, then uh, into the grounds, watched the game, strolled down the, to the Barras, uh, and uh, the Squirrel Bar for some traditional tunes, met the boys from Sefton Bar Campus Line for some pictures, uh, Big Danny Kelly was on later, yeah, just, you know, really, really good, good day. Uh, no benches were harmed, no statues were wrecked, as far as I know. Absolutely nope. amazing day. It seemed um, a lot of very good-natured celebrations, which is exactly what we want to see. Um, and I think it was, you know, it really added to the day as well, the, the, the way we went about the performance. You know, six goals, a really convincing win with a lot of really good performances. I think one thing for, for Ange... And the team was probably disappointment's probably too strong a word, but there's that probably that niggling factor in their minds that they didn't secure the title and with a win at Tanadice. So I think for them, um, and echoing the you know we never stop motto that we see a lot is that they really wanted not to just get this over the line, get the season finished with. They really wanted to run over that line. That's something that Ange has, has said before, and they certainly did that in. And style. In terms of the the performances um, from Saturday, Patrick, there's a lot of players, you know, out there to have a good time, to show what they could do for the last time this season, to entertain the fans. But for, for you, whose whose performance stood out on on Saturday? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I'm not even sure. Uh, I, I'd have to say Tom Rogic, but just because I had my eyes on him the full game while he was on the park, because it was his last game for Celtic, last game at Celtic Park. Um, he could have got two goals. He definitely should have got one goal. He hit the post, um, and the, the standing ovation he got was was just magnificent. 
Um, I don't think one player stood out. I think it was just a fantastic team performance, but uh, I, I just had my eyes on Roderick the whole game. Uh, and you're right in what you say, you know, so I think Anne said after Hearts, we don't want to stumble over the line, we want to win it in style. And I think we're all hoping for that up at Dundee United on Wednesday. Um, it never happened, but we managed to definitely win it in style on uh, on Saturday. And, yeah, um, we definitely did. Um, and I don't think there was a dry eye in the house as Tom Rogic went off that pitch. Um, it was hard not to feel the, you know, the magnitude of the occasion um, for someone like Tom Rogic. He almost seems, you know, for a lot of the fans, and I might put you in that age bracket as well, Patrick, a lot of their, their adult lives have had Tom Rogic playing for Celtic in them. It'll be a strange concept for us to line up next season without Tom Rogic featuring on the starting eleven or, or on the bench. And for me, I think, you know, he's really saved his best season till his last one. Um, there was obviously the talk this the, the transfer window before this one about whether he would move to Qatar, whether his Celtic career was over. And then Ange comes in, he, you know, he keeps him for another year and completely, you know, enhances and vitalises this this career of Tom Rogic at Celtic. And this season, he's just been absolutely fantastic. I think particularly if we look back to, to some of the games towards the end of last year, there was a lot of performances, I think, from Rogic that, you know, really helped win us the games. I think he's the sort of player, and we don't have too many of them, not many clubs have them, he's a player who can come on and, and change a game because of his ability on the ball and what he's able to do with the ball at his feet, the way he can move possession from one area to the pit, of the pitch to another so easily and set up um, a new transition, a new attack. I think we're going to miss Tom Rogic absolutely massively. And in saying that, I understand completely his reasons for, for leaving at the end of this season. He's got, you know, we saw on the pitch, he's got a new baby and um, want to get closer to home. But Lawrence, I don't think that's going to be Australia, given by, you know, sort of more recent interviews. He seems to suggest that he won't be going back to the A-League. So what do you think's next on the cards for Tom Rogic? I don't know. Uh, I suppose just be anywhere closer to Australia than Glasgow, <laughs> It, it doesn't really narrow it down, but uh, maybe with close to family, maybe it's. I know he was rumoured with the Middle East. Maybe he's looking at the other flight. Time's a bit shorter. USA, maybe. Or who knows? The J League. Uh, mm-hmm. Be honest, it, it's kind of thanks for the memories, Tom. And I'm not too worried about what he does with the future. It's it's kind of who are we going to sign? Because we've got potentially another six or seven big names leaving. You know, you've got Roger beating away. You're thinking Barkas, Julian, Bongoli, Sorrow, Ayeti. Uh, and we're, we're still down in numbers compared to the squad last year. So, yeah, it's, it's more about who we bring in that I'm more concerned about than where Tom goes. Yeah, it was, you know, it'd been great to see him scoring his last game, and it was pretty emotional for all of us as well as for Tom. But, you, you know, it's we move on now, and we need a replacement. We certainly do, and I'm sure Ange um, will already be getting to work on that. And I think one of the, the benefits to the club of knowing that Rogic and Beaton as well weren't going to be here next season, it's something that Pastor Coglu mentioned themselves, is that they were able to plan for this. You know, this hasn't come as a surprise to them in the last couple of weeks. You know, it's not been dropped on them like a bombshell that Rogic and Beaton are off at the end of the season. They've known about this since the turn of the year, and plans are in place to address that and I think Matt Riley is Matt Riley is one of those plans. I think he's a perfect replacement for Tom Rogic. Um and it's good that he's had that sort of, you know, six month or shorter bedding in period where he's been able to learn from Rogic. They've been able to sort of swap for each other. There's occasionally times they've played together. He's been learning from him in training. And I think that's really helpful. But in, ter- in terms of him as a player, yes, he looks like a, a, a great replacement for Rogic, but we are losing the experience of Rogic and Beaton, and they're two players who've been around the club for a long, long time. So it's not just what we're going to need to replace in terms of them on the pitch, the football that they play, the roles that they fill. Patrick, do you have any concerns about replacing them off the pitch? Do you think it'll be impossible to Coglu's mind that we also need to try and replace the experience they've got? You know, we're looking at going straight into the Champions League group um, coming up in next season. Do we need players with experience to handle that? Are we looking for players who aren't just able to fulfil a role on the pitch? But are we going to look for more players, you know, of the Joe Hart elk who have that sort of experience? I think that's going to factor into his recruitment, this transfer window. 
I think it will because <clears throat> we lost, you know, a lot of leaders in the past couple of seasons. You know, Lustig left in twenty nineteen, and then last season, you know, you lose your CEO, your manager, and your captain, along with you know guys like Edward who aren't necessarily leaders, but the team looks to for a goal. Um, and you've got Elanusi as well. So you lost a lot of guys last summer, and you know we, we sort of worked miracles in the summer where we managed to to adequately replace them, and we sort of we limped over the line sometimes in that December period, but we, we got there in the end and we, we won the league. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to replace you know not only the the players but also the sort of the characters and the leaders in the dressing room over the summer, and um, you know guys like Beaton and Rogic. They've been there so long, you know, everyone will know them. Um, I don't think Roderick's the most vocal in training by the sounds of things, but I think Beaton's quite uh, quite friendly with everyone. So it'll be tough to replace him, but I've no doubt Angie's get something up his sleeve because, as you say, he's been planning since January for this. So I think that's one of the, the things as well is that we do trust in Ange now, don't we? Um, you know, he's proven himself over the, the course of the season, whatever he thinks, you know, we, we tend to agree with. Um, got someone coming in here saying that McCarthy has to step up. Lawrence, what do you think? Is there a role for McCarthy not only in the team, but as one of these experienced leaders behind the scene? Yeah, you know, he's been around about the, the top of the game for a while, hasn't he? Um, three years left in his contract. Didn't go off to the best of starts, coming a bit late. You know, there was the injury in COVID. So defensive midfields with beating away, there's there's definitely a chance for him to take a claim there. You know, the problem I've got is like Cam's a best number six, a best number eight, a best number ten. It's you know, so if Ange continues to play Callum at number six, I don't think he's going to shift him. Uh, we've got Scott Robertson coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to come back more experienced uh, number six position as well. Thought Gucci had a good showing at the weekend as well. So I think six were fairly strong in, but yeah, you know, McCarthy coming in big wages, but I've got to remember part of that's down to him being a free transfer. and So, yeah, you'd expect to see more of a contribution, but interestingly, Ange put one for his 10th appearance mm-hmm. and guaranteed him a league medal as well. Stephen Welsh both made their 10th appearance for the yeah. weekend. Both. So, I think, yeah, you'll probably see more of McCarthy with beating going out. But, but there's other players that have stepped up. I mean, Callum stepped up as captain. Greg Taylor, that was really vocal. In the, in, in the dressing room. So there's players that have progressed under Ange and as much as perhaps last season they weren't experienced, these boys have won a, a League Cup and League Double. You know, they've gone an experience of playing a year of Ange ball, if you can still call it Ange ball. Uh, so, you're, you know, he's developed the team. We're just really looking forward to this summer to see who comes in and where we're going to go next year. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? And that's what our header along the bottom of the screen there says. Are we in for another massive overhaul as Ange prepares for Europe? Now, this is something that I talked with Paul John and Colin about on our Friday night show. And my thinking was that, is it going to be as big a, an overhaul? I don't think it's going to be anything like the sort of rebuild we needed last season. And my thinking behind that comment was that this season we've had maybe what three or four players from last season regularly featured. And I'm thinking McGregor, Rogic, Taylor, um, and then maybe slightly lesser so Ralston, lesser so again, um, James Forrest. But this season, you know, I see a lot more continuity. I think a lot more of the team that played this season will continue to feature next season. The core of the team is there. There's a lot of them already in place. That won't be changing. Um, but Collins Watts viewing it's something you know I do appreciate is that we are this is going to be a big overhaul task. We're losing the experience like we've touched on of Rogic and Beaton, the future of Carter Vickers and Jota is up in the air. Um, there's many positions we need to strengthen in. Patrick, I'll come over to to you on this one first. Are we in for another big overhaul? And um, what are the positions that you think we need to to strengthen the most? Um, I don't think it'll be as big as last summer, definitely not, because I think we sold 12 and brought in 10 last summer, and then you know we brought in another four in the January, so I can't see it being that big. I think the players that are going out, and you know this is very much fingers crossed we don't sell Kyogo and stuff like that, you know, the players going out will be guys that didn't really feature that much this season, you know, guys like, you know, I can see Julian definitely leaving, um, guys like Bolingoli, Barkas, Soro, guys that haven't featured, we can hopefully try and move them on for some money. 
And then if you're keeping Carter Vickers and Jota, uh, I don't think we need more than three or four more signings. You know, maybe a midfielder, probably two now that Roger and Beaton are leaving. Um, I'd like to see a better goalkeeper come in. Um, not better than Joe Hart, but better than Bain and Barkas because I think Joe Hart's the only one any of us trust at the minute. So if he gets an injury like he did in December up at St Johnson, I, I, I don't really trust the other two to come in. Um, as well as that, you know, the centre-halves, you know, Carter Vickers isn't even ours yet, but if we lose him, it becomes Starfield and Welsh, and then beyond that, I think we're at Dane Murray, who, you know, could potentially become a good player, but going into Champions League fixtures, um, I'd like to see his maybe strength in the defence as well. So if we if we get the two the, the two lone boys in and then sign maybe four more players, I'd be more than happy with that. And then in terms of an overhaul, um, I don't think it'll be that big because it'll be guys that you know that haven't really featured that will be leaving hopefully. Yeah, I think that's. I think for me, this season's probably slightly more about a bit of a clear out, um, getting rid of the players who aren't featuring regularly, who aren't contributing to the team, um, and it'll be interesting to see who that is. I think for me, the one that I'm most interested. And I think what that is, I think it's clear that there's definitely players we can identify that are on their way out. But I think it's there's a couple of them that are on the fence, and I'm going to put. Um, Carter, Vickers and Jota into that category, being that they're, they're not our players yet. We don't know what's going to happen with them. And the other one that I still think looks a little bit up in the air is Chris Julian Lawrence. I think for me, it seems like he's on his way out. His comments are not the sort of comments that will please a manager like Ange Postacoglu. He was very vocal in the French press in that he wanted to play 90 minutes in the final game of the season but I don't think for a second that Ange Postacoglu is the sort of manager who is going to respond to players' demands in the media. And Chris Julian didn't feature at all. He cut a slightly forlorn figure on the pitch during the trophy celebrations. Um, but casting your mind back, he did do a decent job for us. Of course, Postacoglu, Kennedy, McManus, they're the ones who see them in training every single day. And it appears that Julian, for whatever reason, is not up to... The, the standard Ange is looking for. So regardless of whether Carter Vickers stays or leaves, Lawrence, do you think Chris Julian is certainly one that will be moving on this transfer window? So I, I've had my, my saying Julian quite a bit. I mean, I, I said it Christmas, we should be putting him on loan because there's no chance of getting any meaningful minutes from now and the end of the season. We've now completed that and I think he had 15 minutes against St Johnston. Uh, if you look back, Celtic expected him be ready in September. When go to admit, things were pretty st- sticky for Angie's team. You know, every game was a must-win game. We named a new FA Cup squad. Didn't declare himself fit until January. You know, there's some disparity of the Celtic medical team saying to Ange, listen, this boy's going to be fit for you. We're in a bit September team. Uh, things were a bit sticky and he wasn't. So, yeah, I don't think he'd, he'd done himself any favours then. And I don't think uh, his comments in the press have done himself any favours. I feel expecting him to move. But whether this is a massive overhaul or not, I think last season was more revolution because you're mm-hmm. implementing a style of play and a manager as well. And this is more about evolution. So the numbers may, may be similar. But we've got, Ange has got the majority of players being was complete system now. Last season, that was a wee bit up in the air, wasn't it? And it came to really Christmas transfer window before he got those extra reinforcements in. You thought, you know what, we've got a squad that can do this. So I think we're five or six players, and Julian's on his way out. Whether Cameron Carter stays or not, we'll be in the market for a centre half. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, more evolution than revolution. I think for me, I think the, the position I'd quite like to see us strengthen in is, you know, a bit more of a, a central defensive midfielder, someone that then allows Callum McGregor to maybe get forward a bit more and have a bit more expression in his play because I think he's quite suited to that. So for me, that role would be good to get someone in. I think someone experienced there could also be good for the European element of things. And I think um, we also need to to look at the left-back position. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Greg Taylor has really made that position his own. Um, I've been impressed by the way he's getting better every single game. Uh, I think he has great games and, you know, sort of big performances and big games. He's looked good in the derbies. But let's give him, we're going into Champions League football next season. 
is Greg Taylor going to be a good enough player for Champions League football? Now, nothing against Greg Taylor because I think he's been exceptional for us and, you know, filled in when we needed them. But I think that's the position we need to be looking at, Patrick, isn't it? And the Hammerby left back seems to be one that's been talked up regularly. And I don't know if you saw his, his goal um, a couple of nights ago. It's like a good one. What do we think? Um, is that one of the, or the midfield role that I mentioned, the left back role that I mentioned? I think that, that Andrew's going to have plans in place for those already. Um, yeah, it's two positions I'd look to strengthen. In. Um, the, the defensive midfield is a, a tricky one because, you know, as, as we've spoken about, we've got so many players in that one position. You know, you've got McCarthy, you know, as Lawrence says, Scott Robertson's coming back. You've got Adiguchi. McGregor plays that role every week. But at the same time, you're still looking for sort of like a Wanyama type player when you're going into Europe to, to try and strengthen up the side and um, intercept the, the, the attacks of the, the sort of higher class teams that we're going to come up against. So I, I'd like to see a sign um, a player in that position. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of, you know, you're probably looking to let one or two players go <clears throat> if, you're, if you're going to do that. When it comes to left back, you know, I don't think we're ever going to compete with the likes of you know, the, the top two teams in the group are always going to be like Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Man City. And you're never going to compete with these sides. It's it's all about sort of keeping respect. You know, we've had a few drubbings in our time in the last five and five or six years. Um, so if we can, you know, if Greg Taylor can be part of a defence that sort of keeps a bit of self-respect about the side in four of the six games, I'd be quite happy. Um, when you're looking to make that step up, you know, games like Valencia, Copenhagen, Bodo Glimt, whether he's good enough to sort of make a mark in, you know, the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. I think that's the question we need to be asking ourselves. And I think we definitely need cover because a bit like Joe Hart, he's the only person in that position that I would trust personally. I don't know how you two feel. Um, ever since February, he's absolutely came onto a game. He's been, without doubt, the first first choice left back. Um, but I think we need another body in there at least and it wouldn't harm to sign someone to give him some competition. Yeah, I definitely think so. And looking at the defence, um, obviously I think Juranovic is fantastic. I think he is not only a good player, but I think he suits Angie's system very well. And I think he will look good in Europe as well, um, depending on the opposition and the tactics Ange deploys, whether he sticks to, to plan A or, or Ange Vol, which I think he is likely to do. Um, Starfelt, obviously our player, looks one who who's starting to, to be featuring next season. That'll bring us on to Cameron Carter-Vickers. Where is he going to be next season? Is he going to be at the centre of our defence? Is he going to be at the centre of Newcastle's defence? Um, what does the future hold for Cameron Carter-Vickers? Now, you could take it as a positive sign. Firstly, he was part of the new kit launch. Again, could be looking too much into things there. But the second thing is that he is currently on holiday with some of the current Celtic squad. Um, he's on holiday in Ibiza with Stephen Welsh, um, Jota and his central defensive partner, Carol Starfelt. Um, hopefully having a, a great time in Ibiza and getting well rested up for the new season. Um, and hopefully that's at Celtic. I'm sure um, those boys will certainly be having a word in the ear of Carter Vickers and Jota about staying next season. Lawrence, where do you see it going? Do you think that Carter Vickers will be at Celtic next season? I mean, for me, I think if I was advising him and I'm trying to take off the green tinted spectacles that I know I wear very often, I'm trying to take them off. If I was advising Carter Vickers, I would be saying that he could get himself a, a great move because, you know, I, I accept he's not going to be at Celtic forever. But he has opportunity here not only to establish himself as, you know, a really good defender in Scotland, but good at a European level as well. And he didn't get the chance to really test himself like that this year. He's got Champions League football on offer to him this year. If he has another good season in Scotland with a good you know, European campaign under his belt, he's going to open, open up a lot more avenues to himself. Surely the best decision is, is at least another year at Celtic, Lawrence. I don't know what the best decision is. I mean, I'd certainly like to keep him. It's been rumoured since Christmas you know, that Brendan was up watching you know, and, and fancies him there. Obviously, Brendan will know a, a, a pay, pay structure. You'd be lucky to get 20 grand at Celtic, I'm pretty sure down south he'd easily get 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's been said. You make a fair point. If he does, does well in the Champions League, they keep you looking at moving down there for 80, 90 grand. So, what's he going to do if it's, you know, Newcastle? Is he going to play one of the richest clubs in the world? Is it only him they'd be looking to sign? 
who knows? They may be only a chance at Leicester, but what, what are they going to do next season? So it's really down to, to his agent to get him a, a career plan, isn't it? You know, because I think Musa done that really well. You know, he, he stayed longer. He, he did options to leave earlier, but he wanted that experience here, didn't he? He wanted the Champions League experience and build up his career. It worked for Musa. Maybe didn't work for Eddie. Eddie stayed a wee bit longer than, than maybe he should have done. So it, it's about balancing it out. But listen, if he, if he doesn't want to be here, I think Andrew's made it clear. He doesn't want players that don't want to be here. So it, it, it is completely down to the player. And Andrew said he's not going to you know, try and persuade anyone or beg anyone to come to Celtic. You know, he's always on. he's always been very clear on that. He doesn't need to you know sell this club to anyone. The club sells itself, which I like. And surely there can't be a bigger sale than him walking around the pitch on Saturday with that trophy. If, if that doesn't sell a club to someone and a fan base and what you can experience here to someone, then yeah, then but, there's there's no point having them here, is there? There's a thing though, although you know best defence in Scotland, Vickers and Staffel, both of them aren't particularly tall. You know, both about six foot. Mm-hmm. Both right footed. We could really do with a decent left hand but left footed centre half with a, a bit more height. So, you know he, he didn't have the best of careers before coming here. So hopefully he's been persuaded that this is the place for him. But if not, you know, we move on and we try and bring someone else in. We certainly do. And another one in this bracket, Patrick, is is Jota. Do you think Jota's getting his ear bent in Ibiza by Stephen Welsh and Carol Starfelt to, to stay for another season? Now, if you look at those scenes from, from Saturday, they were, the players looked like they were loving it. They were having a great time. It's lovely to see. We enjoy watching them enjoy themselves and they were certainly doing that in abundance on Saturday and none more so than Jota. Um, he was having the absolute time of his life out on that pitch. Um, and again, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but surely that is not a guy... Who, who wants to be, be leaving. Now, if anyone's been watching some of the Axon content, you'll have seen that we had the opportunity to interview some of the players after the game, which was fantastic. And if you've not seen that, check out our, our channel, our social media pages. The content is available there. Now, one of the players who we talked to but didn't interview was, was Jota because he was still out on the pitch playing around with football when we were conducting our, our interviews post-match. Now, I would go as far as say that was, you know, a good hour after the majority of players had left the pitch and Jota was not, he was still out there playing football with any of the kids he could find to play football with them, I think, um, and just genuinely having a really good time. Um, so that that speaks to the, the character of the guy, how much he's enjoying himself. Is it looking too much into it, Patrick, to say that that's the that's the look of a guy who's going to be here next season? I hope not. I hope not. I hope you know he's he's enjoyed himself so much. I mean, we all seen the video and the photo when we scored in the last minute against Dundee United back in January. He was jumping right into the crowd, celebrating. He seems to be really, really enjoying himself. He seems to be loving his football. He's been on form the last month or two. He's been really, really crucial. He's been scoring a lot of important goals, um, and you know. I know Ange doesn't want to convince these guys, but if they need any convincing, they just need to look at guys who have stayed at Celtic and who have left Celtic. You know, guys like Benkovic, whose career stalled before he was here. He had a good year here, he left, and his career stalled again. Same with Patrick Roberts. Um, whereas guys like Edward, you know, they've came on loan, they've done really, really well, and they've got a big move. Same with Musa Dembele. You know, there's young professionals who. I've chosen Celtic, it's worked out, and there's others who haven't chosen Celtic and it hasn't worked out. So mm-hmm. there is a model there uh, for the player. There's a model there for us that we obviously want to sign them, uh, use them for two or three years, then move them on for money. Um, but, you know, I think Angie's right. They shouldn't really need much convincing because they both seem to be absolutely loving it. And at the end of the day, all Celtic can do is, is offer the money. Um, as long as we offer the, the, the price tag, um, I'll have no complaints. If the, if the players don't want to join, then... You know, it's it's unfortunate, but you know, um, all we can do is is offer the transfer fee, and fingers crossed, they'll both still be here next summer. Absolutely, Lawrence. I want to bring you back to a point that you made about a left-footed centre back. Now, Johnny Ryan, watching on YouTube, comes in to say, "What about Liam Scales, Lawrence?" See, he's got good delivery. Scores odd, good goal. Certainly, he's not going to threaten Greg Taylor at left back. Maybe that is his chance. Yeah, get a good pre-season under him. I don't know, I've not really seen him at left centre-back, but I know Scales says that's his position. It'd be good to see him get a run out, see what he can give us, but, you know, 
Angel have seen enough of him so far in training to, to know whether or not he's going to be at the level but for him to play there. Um, mm. But for what we've seen of Scales, he seems to play him at left back and, and both of you have come in and said Greg Taylor needs a bit of competition and that that's not Scales at left back. So it's, it's, it's maybe just the level. You know, I'd be delighted if it was with Scales, you know, would save us a bit of cash. Uh, but we'll wait and see. Mm. Not, not in what I've seen on him so far. Yeah. And, you know, remembering that we have European football coming up, um, I'm not sure yet that he's at the level that we're looking for, but, you know, potentially one who could benefit from uh, a loan move somewhere. Um, as with, you know, a few other players, I think I put Mikey Johnson into that category. I'm not ready to write him off just yet. I think he'd benefit from a loan move somewhere else. Patrick, for you, let's let's look at Mikey Johnston. Loan move, or is he going to be one looking to the the door this summer? Well, he's got a long contract, so that's a bit of a barrier. I think he's still got three years left. Um, I really liked Mikey Johnson when he first came in at the side, up until about 2019. I thought he was a, a really promising young player. Ella Nussi comes in, really makes, it, really makes the position his own. He doesn't get a lot of game time, he gets a lot of injuries and you don't really see Mikey. And then, you know, I think he came into the squad again the second half of last season when, you know, we're in a national lockdown. And the last 18 months, he's really, really struggled. Um, I think I, I would prefer to put him out on loan instead of selling him. I think there's still something there. Um, I thought, you know, I know it was only a two-month period, but when uh, Lennon uh, came back permanently again, I thought it was really, really good uh, for the first month or two of that season. Um, I still think there's something there, and I'd be quite happy to send him out on loan. I, I'm not ready to sell him yet. Lawrence, for you, which players perhaps are running the periphery this season who weren't quite breaking into the team? Is there any there that you would rather see go out on loan, get a bit more experience under their belt, perhaps to another Scottish club, perhaps, you know, down south? Who could benefit from, from a move like that, do you think? Montgomery, Dane Murray, mm-hmm. Owen Moffat. Yeah, mm-hmm. the top three I'd like to see out on loan, get a bit of experience. Me, uh, Dawson as well, up, mm-hmm. up top. I, I don't know how much the B-League's really, you know, the standard of it. I don't know how much it's, it's really doing the development. I'd probably put all four of them out. Yeah, no, I, I'm probably with you on that. I think it's definitely, you know, we've seen it being really beneficial for, for other players' careers to do that sort of thing at their age. So, yeah, there's definitely a few. I'd probably agree with your list there that instead of, you know, looking to the door, looking to another season in the B team, um, could benefit from first-team football somewhere else. Um, and, the you know, the one benefit we do have this summer is it's not quite as short a summer as we've had in previous years. Um, you know, we don't have these qualifiers and far-flung destinations. You know, we we don't have to do that straight into the group stages, as we mentioned. Fantastic. That's great for Ange. You know, he came in in his first season and, you know, was at the bottom of a mountain. He was facing the biggest uphill task that that anyone's known in a long time. And he knew that. He knew that when he came in and he said that he liked the challenge. He thrived on that. He thrived on a rebuild job. Um, and we've seen how successfully that went for him. But he really had to come in and hit the ground running. Slightly different this season. You know, we've we've finished up our season now. Everyone's getting a bit of a break. And we're not rushing back to be ready for, for any qualifiers. It's quite a nice position to be in. And it's one that we've not found ourselves in a while. So it does give us a bit longer to prepare, not only for the season, but for the, the Champions League and for bringing in new signings. And bringing in new signings, we're in a completely different position this season than we have been for a while because we're bringing in new signings able to tell them we will be playing Champions League football this season. We're not having to wait to get any qualifiers out of the way. We're not having to you know, wait on, on budgeting and finances. We know that's coming. So not only do we know that that money's coming, but in terms of the players that we're able to recruit, we're able to tell them that. Patrick, how important do you think that is in terms of the players that we're able to get in to tell them, you know, this is the opportunity if you come here. It's an absolutely incredible position to be in. Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest, I'm, I'm 21. I've never known Celtic to have a pre-season this good before. You know, <laughs> at best, we've had um, two Champions League qualifiers to go through. So we've never been able to guarantee a player Champions League football. 
Um, you know, the next game, the next competitive game, sorry, is two and a half months away, which is absolutely awful for fans like us. But for the team, <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant because it gives Ange so much time uh, to prepare for next season. Um, I think a problem with, you know, not just Celtic, but a lot of clubs is that they fail to build on a position of strength. And we really are in a position of strength right now. And we need to make sure that Ange has the backing. Uh, to really build on this team, you know, it's it won't be good enough just to sign Jota and Carter Vickers. We need to really, you know, get five or six quality players in the door. You know, I mean, first off, we need to replace Roger and Beaton. You need to sign the two loan players, and then you're still looking at a left back and a goalkeeper. So, but there's a lot of signings to be made. But luckily, we've got a lot of time to do it, and you know, it's a really exciting time. Um, yeah. It's 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 a time that I can't remember a Celtic team ever having time like this in pre season. So. It's a fantastic position to be in. Yeah, nice, isn't it? I mean, on one hand, Lawrence, what are we going to do with our weekends now? I don't know. Um, but obviously remembering that Celtic women are still in a cup final coming up, so that's that's one weekend taken care of. But apart from that, what are we going to do with our weekends when this long pre-season is happening? But one thing we can be sure of is that Ange will be working hard along with Mark Lawwell um, and the rest of the Celtic background team to identify players and, and bring people in. And I think I think something we'll see this season, um, which we're maybe not used to, is I think we'll go about our business very pragmatically and I think we'll get it done very quickly. Lawrence, how do you see our, our transfer activity panning out over the next month or so? Well, I'm just going to identify, I think, his first three or four already. The rest of that's going to depend on who leaves. Listen, we'd love to get rid of Barkas, Bongoli, Soro, or Yeti. Taking up a decent amount of wages. It's, it's finding buyers for some of these players, isn't it? You know, uh, I know we've got a wee bit of extra money we can guarantee from the Sydney Cup this year as well. It's it's fallen into a budget that won't be open at some clubs, but I, I think Angel will have his first three or four already identified. He'll know whether a daughter or Cameron Carter Vickers is staying as well. So that may, may up that number. And we'll do that really quickly. Uh, it seems like him and Nicholson and obviously Mark Laws kind of go rumoured not to be starting till August. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the initial signings fairly quickly. The augmentation of the squad and replacing perhaps more bit part players. It may take a bit longer. You know, we may only bring in 46 players initially and, and wait till Christmas again. Get a bit fresh. Freshness in. I was actually thinking, going back to one of your questions about who else could go out and loan, maybe Young Rock Covata, I think, could go out mm-hmm. and loan. I think that the B team's not the right place for him, not the right level. Yeah. I think he could really benefit going out and loan and, uh, and developing Yeah, certainly someone I've been impressed by when I've seen him. Still very young, still a, a lot of learning and development to do ahead of him, and maybe there is somewhere better than the B team for him to, to do that in. Um, no, definitely a player with, with a big future at Celtic, I think. Let's um, hope so, yeah. Let's hope so, indeed. Comes from good pedigree, doesn't he? Um, but no, as as mentioned at the, the top of the show with Champions League football on the horizon, we've decided that each bulletin we're going to have a look back on a European season from the past. Now, we're looking forward to, to this one coming with optimism. Um, but today, Paul John, thank you for this one, has allocated us the 2010-11 season. Um, so apologies in advance, it's not an entirely uplifting one, which we'll come on to discuss. But you know what, looking back, firstly, helps us see how far we've come, the improvements we've made. Um, and learning lessons from the past can help with the, the future as well. So 2010-11 season, our manager was, of course, Neil Lennon. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And we'll come on to look at the, the squad we had in place at the time. Um, now, Patrick, we have mentioned your age on the show earlier in the season. You are 21. So I know that you might not particularly well remember some of these games, but we'll talk through them for our younger fans out there as well who might have had the pleasure of missing out on some of these Um <laughs> So again, Champions League qualifier, we weren't in the luxury position we are this year of going straight into the group stages. Um, it was a very early start to the campaign. We were back at the end of July um, and it did again come to early for us. Our first qualifier of that one was against Braga. Did it look like a bad, a bad draw though, did it? Yeah, only <laughs> by the draw, just came a bit of football. Shame about the football. What happened, Lawrence? We got beat 3-0 in the first leg. Um, <laughs> and, when, and when I was having a look at this one, um, to refresh my own memory of it, um, I'll take a quote from the BBC Sport website, which made me laugh. Um, ironically, I suppose you can look back and, and, and smile now that so many years have passed. It said that the Scots did not register a single shot on goal and looked like a team of strangers on their first competitive outing of the season. Now, certainly very damning. Lawrence, is there a way we can mirror that with, with what happened this season? Again, the qualifiers came very early, too early in Angie's reign. Um, our back line was Ralston, Welsh, Beaton and Taylor. Now, at that time, we looked at that and thought, I can't believe we are possibly going into a Champions League qualifier with players like Ralston Welsh and Taylor at the back. Um, they were relatively new. They hadn't played together very often. We thought that, you know, couldn't believe that they were going to be our, our back four for, for this game. Obviously, throughout the season, they went on and, and really grown into those positions and really proved themselves. But that game just came too early for Ange, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, way too early. Yeah, I'm so let's go goals. It was Hoyved, Chaddery, the, mm-hmm. of, of Kevin Bridges fame. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard the Kevin Bridges story, haven't you? I certainly have, yes. Um, yeah, the Pussycat Dolls and that, yeah. But, uh, the, um, who else was in defence that day? So the, the defence we had, um, obviously we had Zalutschka at the back, we had Juarez, Hoyved, Chaddery, Charlie Mulgrew and Glenn Leuvens. Where our back four for that game, five for that game. Back five, yeah. Charlie McGray, mm-hmm. what a creep he's had. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, de- de- definitely came uh, to early for us. I've got to, got to admit, I, I loved uh, his raging quote, isn't he? <laughs> he's a raging. Charlie McGray is certainly one for, for an interview. He's um, managed to make himself into a meme that applies to almost everything, so he's getting his face posted all over Twitter very regularly. Um, he's he's yeah. always on good form as Charlie. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that bag again. That was terrible. <laughs> you want to say it just absolutely a horrendous game. So, yeah, that's, we, we don't want to go yeah. over that too much, do we? Um, no. 3-0 in the first leg. Um, so we bring Braga back to Celtic Park and things are looking slightly more than that. Who did we draw in the Europa League last well, we still, yeah, we still bring them back and we, we, we can talk about a victory. We brought Braga back to, to Celtic Park and won 2-1. So there's a bit of positivity to be taken from that. Do you remember who, who scored the goals in that game, yeah, Lawrence? Who would score? Hooper, maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Hooper and... Hooper and Juarez. Juarez. probably not get... No. First one from midfield, F from Juarez. He looked cracking when he first came, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, and we'll, Rumours you know, of going to Arsenal and all kinds. Yeah, one that really just like, fell off the radar a bit eventually, didn't he? Did he not reunite with Ronnie at some point in the States? Do you know, I think that sounds right. I think that's right, Lawrence. I think he did. And then did he not go into to coaching there as well, perhaps? Um, one for the comment section, if you know where Efron Juarez is now or what he was doing or whether he did join up with Ronnie Dyla again in America, please jump on the comments and let us know. Um, obviously, the 2-1 
against Braga at home. Hope, hope, not hope enough to, to get through. Left too early. Maybe Cameron Carter-Vickers could look at Hooper leaving too early, going to the wrong club. You'll still remember Gary Hooper, I'm sure, and you're not that young. You'll remember some of Gary Hooper's contribution. Um, great goal scorer for us, great player, one that I think could have went on to really establish himself a lot more at Celtic um, had he not left too early and then had a bit of a strange career following that. Um, there's a few people um, coming into the comment section to tell us that yes, Ethan Juarez is in New York with Ronnie Dyla. So that's always good to know. Um, but yeah, Gary Hooper, Patrick, um, remember him? One who should have stayed at Celtic longer? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was all sort of working out, really, wasn't it, at that time? You know, he was going goals for fun for three, four years. And, you know, he seemed desperate to leave, I think. I think I remember in the January, this is, I think it was 11 or 12 at the time in the January, um, we, we knocked back about five bids in one window from Norwich. And then obviously in the summer, he eventually goes. But, um, yeah, a fantastic goal scorer. You know, I was only 11, but I was there when he scored five goals against Hearts in the last game of the season. That was a brilliant day. Um, but, no, I mean, that Braga game, I think, I think... I think I went to Wikipedia a few days ago when I heard we were talking about this because obviously I've got no recollection of it whatsoever. And I think we went 4-0 down in aggregate um, because I think they scored first at Celtic Park. That's right. So I, I think yeah. it was a, it's, a, it's a season to remember in terms of... It's, sorry, a season to forget in terms of Europe. Um, but no, Gary Hooper, you know, that's another great example on that we can show to Jota and Vickers. Um, we, we did put Paddy Court on with three minutes to go to try and <laughs> pull back the deficit, you know. I have absolutely no idea what Paddy McCourt was expected to achieve in that length of time. I give the fans something to cheer about, but um, fair play to Lennon for trying that roll of the dice. Yeah, it was just, oh, that was, that was a terrible. I mean, when we got the draw, we didn't think that was too bad. Braga, we should have been able to compete. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, sadly, wasn't the case. Season, we thought we were going to be able to compete too, but there we are. <laughs> one that came too early for Ange Postacoglu this season, and one that um, obviously came too early for Neil Lennon in 2010. Now, I put it out to the comments section as well. We obviously drop into the Europa League. Who did we draw in the Europa League? See if any of the comments get it, but Lawrence, I'll, I'll throw that one over to you because you'll remember. Yeah, the trick, uh, wasn't it? Uh, home first. Yeah. Another good draw on the face of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Decent yeah, we play at home Celtic first. Park. Decent performance, Celtic Park. 2 0 leads, you're never going to toss that away. <laughs> and then and then what happens um, Patrick if you don't remember this game you will remember seeing this in Europe regardless um, Celtic go away from home in Europe with a two goal lead um, we had some good momentum domestically around that time as well we we're feeling confident um, and what happens is Celtic go away in home in Europe we absolutely capitulated within 20 minutes of that second leg we conceded two penalties um, 2-0 two, two down on the night and our 2-0 advantage gone. Um, that, wasn't, that wasn't a fun one to watch, was it, Lawrence? No, the, the, the Van Wolf was scored or something up front. I can't remember the guy's name. But he could have scored about six that game. <laughs> uh, we, were, we were terrible. Uh, uh, yeah, as you say, we totally 20 minutes in, we have a back level and they bossed up the, the first half, I think. They could easily been out of sight. In the first half, but they were saving up for the second half, weren't they? <laughs> yep. So, so half time we we go in two nil down on the night, two two an aggregate. Um, surely there's an interesting team talk to be had from Neil in and there. And um, what happens when we come out for the second half, seventy seconds, and we lose another goal. Um, and it's not the the last we lose of the night because we lose another as well. Um, four nil on the night, 4-2 in aggregate and that is Europe over for the season um, thank you very much to Paul John for allocating us this year, that was a really uplifting yeah. talk, um, but we're going to try and draw some things positive out of this one, um, we did win that that first leg against Utrecht, Patrick, I'm sure you'll have had a look at it knowing that we were, were coming on to, to talk about it um, 
And I thought it'd be interesting to have a look at the lineup from that that first leg, that 2-0 victory um, that came at Celtic Park against Utrecht. Um, the defence, very similar to, to the one we'd previously mentioned, Solichka and Goals, Juarez, Mastorovic comes in, Chaduri and Leuvens. Um, in the midfield, we have Scott Brown, Joe Ledley, Biram Kayal, Georgia Samaras, um, and then playing forward, we've got Fortuny and Maloney. Um, Patrick, he'll, he'll still remember some of those players, at least anyway. Is there anyone in that lineup there for you that you think would get into the, the current Celtic squad now? Oh, I'm a big Samaras fan, so I'd have to say Samaras. Um, Ledley was a, a fantastic player in his day. Um, I think he, he could sneak in there. Um, I can't remember 2010 Scott Brown. Uh, I don't think he was that good a player. You know, maybe 2016 Scott Brown would get into the team, but I don't know about 2010 Scott Brown. That midfield actually went on to have great success with Lennon, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the four years that followed, just that particular game. Not so much. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's it, and it's something, again, that we can probably draw comparisons to from this season, is that, yeah, maybe these these qualifiers do just come too early from us because the way our league is structured. Because you look at that that team, particularly the midfield, the, the forward line as well, to be honest, defence a wee bit shaky, I'll give you. But, you know, that's that's not a bad team. That's not a terrible Celtic side. There's a lot of good players in there, a lot of good talent in there. For me, I think Sean Maloney on his day um, would be a, a great addition to any squad. I think Scott Brown, maybe not from quite so far ago, but Scott Brown would fill in that role that we've we've seen him play so well for Celtic that we're looking for. Um, Joe Ledley as well, I think he would do uh, a good job in you know working with Matt O'Reilly, maybe slightly similar to Matt O'Reilly. Um, but there's a few players in there that I would probably d- draw into our team. Lawrence, who would you Baram take Ka- about? Uh, Well, Maloney definitely. Baram Kyle before his injury. Yeah. If, if you remember someone that went over the top of the ball and injured, injured him, but before his injury he was... It was great promise. Listen, yeah. you look at set of half, you've got a Dutch and Swedish set of half in there as well, haven't you? So it, it shouldn't have been that bad. But I can't even remember why Zaluska was playing goals. Most guys. No, I don't quite remember either because does Could anyone, I've wrote over to the comments as well, does anybody remember who was on our bench given that Zaluska was starting? It's got to be one of Boric or. Fraser Forster, isn't it? One of the two. No, no, no. no. Maybe he was standing in front of Zaluska. Still too early for Forster. Oh, was it, was it the American guy? Did we not Dominic Servi. That's right. Dominic there we go. Oh. Dominic Servi, who I believe isn't actually playing football anymore. I believe he's a businessman back in America. Um, he didn't play much for us either, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not. Um, Brian Walsh, watching over on YouTube, managed to get that one correct. Dominic Cherby was the goalkeeper on the bench. Um, and like we've touched on, you know, that is, that's a good team. They went on to do well for Lennon. Um, that was a good spell we had with a lot of those players on the pitch. Europe just came too early. Not the case this season, straight into the, the group, uh, as we've talked about. What then, Patrick, given the squad that we've got, given the position that we're in, it's not coming too early. Andrew's had time to assemble his team. They're playing the sort of football that he wants them to play. He's had time to implement Ange Ball, much more established. What then can be our realistic expectations for Europe this season? Now, I know that is largely dependent on the draw, but it's been well documented how long it's been since we've won our knockout tie. So surely we have to put that to bed, be it in the Europa League or the Champions League, but what can our realistic expectations be this year? I think it has to be to finish third and win that knockout tie. Um, I, as much as I would hope and pray that it would happen, I can't see he's finishing in the top two with the teams that are going to be in those those two those, those uh, top two pots. You know, teams like Juventus, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Chelsea. You know, I just can't see it at all. PSG, there's so many of them. Um, Real Madrid and stuff. So, I think if if we get a if we get the luck of the draw, we pot three, then hopefully we can we can sort of outdo them and aggregate finish third. And you've just got to win that knockout tie because if we don't do it, if we don't do it this season, it's going to be twenty years, and that is not that, that just can't happen. It's been it's been so long. You know, I think Larson was playing the last time we won a knockout tie, which just shows how long ago it was. Um, so I would definitely say that's the aim. You know. Keep a bit of self-respect in the Champions League, finish third, and just look to win that knockout tie. 
Um, unfortunately, I have to start working 10 minutes, so I will have to depart five minutes early. But it's been a pleasure talking to you both, and I'll be seeing you next week. Thank you very much, Patrick. Um, I'll let you go and work. Hope shifts goes well. And Lawrence, I'm going to throw the, the same question over to you. Do you agree with Patrick third? Is there any part of you that thinks, come on, we're, we're Celtic, Listen. we're playing Champions League football, we're playing at Celtic Park. Luck of the draw, could, could we finish second? One of home games. Mm-hmm. Got to be minimal. One of the home games at Celtic Park. And go, go for minimal second in the group. You know, you, you, you win your home games. Look, look at that. We could turn up. Uh, we're turning up, up uh, away against Betis. You know, I'm just going to have learned. You know, the style of football can work. So, mm-hmm. I, I think if you win your home games, pick up four points in the road, that should be enough for second, shouldn't it? No, it should. Whether whether that's achievable is another story. But you know what? I like the optimism. I don't see that why there's any reason that we we can't do it. And yes, you know you're looking at the teams who are going to be in pot one and pot two, and they are some very very strong teams. But why not get Celtic Park back to that fortress that we remember it being? Um, and if we don't manage second, then third Europa knockout. It's time. It's time to put that 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 old monkey on her back to bed. And I'm sure Ange Postecoglou could be the one. To do it, um, Robert Little comes in to say Lawrence has got us nine points up already. But, 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 it was, it was just, just sheer maths. If we win our three home games, we get nine points. But, yeah, but that's I like it. If we win our three home games, you know what? I just I like it, Lawrence. Um, I do, but it'll be interesting to see the draw. Um, I think a lot of my expectations have come on, what, what, on that. What, what but, um, and and the, the sale hasn't went through, and I've been forced to, you know, you can get a wee bit of luck draw there. Yeah, Roddy McDonald comes in watching again agrees with his aim higher, win our home games and take it from there. I don't think that that should be an unrealistic expectation for a club like Celtic. With 10 points off Man City, remember when the Champions League were the Mm -hmm. first team to do that. So I remember Bayern Munich celebrating a draw at Celtic Park. You you know, I've seen us beat Juventus. Loads of big scalps, Man United. It's, Mm -hmm. It's doable at Celtic Park. So, it certainly, it certainly is, and very interested to see where Ange Postecoglou can take us because if this is what he's able to achieve with the task that he had within one season, then I'm certainly excited to see where he can take us not only domestically next season, um, but in in Europe as well. Now, talking of of big milestones, um, I think we can sort of almost segue into that. Lawrence, you'll be aware from the group chat that this is episode what nine hundred and ninety nine. And yes. 99 episodes of Axon, which is absolutely quite incredible. Um, and a massive shout out to, to Paul John and the team of contributors that we have. Um, the work that Paul John puts into this, along with others, is often unnoticed. But a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of dedication goes into this. So um, absolutely fair play to Paul John, who, when we are all out celebrating, be that in... The, in Celtic Park or in pubs or in the Merchant City, a lot of the time, Paul John, all of the time, is in the studio making sure that there's content going out for us, along with guys like yourself, Lawrence, Kevin Graham, everyone behind the scenes who who works hard to make sure that this content is continuously going out to Celtic fans and has been doing so now for 999 shows. Quite incredible. So with a thousand on the horizon, there's going to be a special show coming up later. Um before we have a, a look back on, on all things Axom, run through some of the milestones of the last five years, we'll have various members dialing in. Lawrence, can you believe it? A thousand, a thousand shows on Axom. I, I cannot. I mean, I remember Paul John chatting about it, him and Kev starting up in their kitchen because uh, they doing events and we, we, we Kev from the penalty spot. That's the penalty spot in Sod Street, Deniston, for all your Celtic memorabilia needs. Uh, and yeah, we started up and thought, well, good on you, not just about to start the podcast. And five years ago, it's just it's just flown by. So yeah, it's not doing. I just see the amount of work it was in. But the videos, especially, I suppose this season, St Mary's video was very poignant, wasn't it? I can't believe Celtic don't do more to help uh, the birthplace of Celtic. But there you are. No, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, and the the quality of the content just keeps getting better and better. Um, shout out to Kelvin on that one, who does all of our videography, whose face you won't see on the screen, but is always behind the screen and always filming some excellent content. There really is a a great team at the, the Axom Studios and all the contributors who 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 come on as well. And I think 
one thing that I really enjoy is that you know, this is the sort of thing that people do generally. You know, we talk to our friends about football. You know, you come on here and you talk to so many people from different backgrounds with different views, people who you might not have met before, which the majority of us hadn't before before Axon. And I like coming on and, you know, maybe giving my opinion and then having it, it challenged or countered by someone else and thinking, oh, wait a minute, that, that makes sense. I like that. And it just, I feel it just broadens your own view, your own horizon, and that can can only be a positive, right? Yeah, there's that. Listen, there's all kind of stuff though. Meet, meeting guys that listen in or, or, or watch and just have a chat with you in the pub and whatever. Or you're walking the dog and people come up and recognise you and have a chat about Celtic. Well, well obviously, it's always going to be about Celtic, but yeah, I think that's fast. It's like get to talk even more about Celtic. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I love being a part of it, and I know the contributors do it too. So join a selection of us um, later on today when we celebrate our 1,000th episode. Um, incredible, super exciting. Make sure you've got your notifications turned on for that. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. You'll get a notification when when that show goes live. Um, and, yeah, look look forward to celebrating all things Celtic and all things Axom. Um, tune in tomorrow. We will be back again with the Daily Bulletin at 12.30 with a different lineup um, and discussing a different European campaign, hopefully one that was slightly more positive than the one we discussed today. Um, but for now, thanks to Patrick who's left and thank you to Lawrence for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.